0: At greenlight.com slash acast.
1: Welcome to the show. In fact, the last recording of this show that we will make this week. <laughs>
0: I was like, where are we going with this? Your
1: eyes got big. They did. Yeah. So you like to do this show? Yes. Okay. Do you like to do this show? Tell your face.
0: I was worried (laughs) because you started Welcome to the Last and I was like, what's happening? Well,
1: that wasn't the face I was referencing. Just Uh in general, you you make pucker face when we record. Do I? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Should we go back to recording video so people can fact check? So you check have themselves? to behave yourself.
1: That'd probably be a great idea. Although then I'd have to start put clothes on, bathing, putting clothes on, <laughs> like a civilized person. What's your name?
0: Uh, Meg.
1: That's who's on the show this week.
0: You don't like to put your my name special on the show. guest. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, yes. Um. Hi. Hello. Uh, you let in one of our bosties just now. She was outside in purgatory. Uh-oh. Because she just puked on the rug in here not Aww. ten minutes ago.
1: Bless her heart.
0: It was... Francie, she's the done one. She's, so, she's a little slow. It's hard to stay mad at her. Who knows what triggered it? There was a lot of grass in the puke. It was also... uh looked like all of her dog food from the past few days. Okay, well,
1: I mean, with her, she literally... Could have gotten dizzy staring at the floor while she walked or something. and, <laughs> and
0: She's a dum-dum.
1: She's very sweet, though.
0: Um, your daughters, ages 15 and 18, mm-hmm. the 15-year-old is closing in on 16. Yeah. They seem to have inherited from you the inability and incapacity to deal with puke.
1: Okay. Well, that's going to make it awfully challenging for them in life. <laughs> I don't know many men who deal with puke well.
0: Okay. Um, and that's
1: not to say they'll marry men. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just trying to think future. How are you going to find somebody in the mix has to be a... A puke dealer. That's what I'm getting at. A puke dealer dealing yeah. in the puke. Yep, they whip open their trench coat and they've got bags of puke right, right, for right, sale yeah. hanging off exactly. the inside great. there. Great, don't next, stand to, next to, to the, the fake on the way. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, never hug him.
0: <laughs> um, it was just funny because it happened while I was using the restroom, and people began hollering. And oh, yeah, I was taking my time because I was really in no hurry. I knew the answer to the question I was about to ask. Who's going to take care of it? And mm-hmm. they all, all of the teats kids that were in here just scattered like rats.
1: You've heard of soft talk right? Yes. That was a soft talk question. You should have just <laughs> continued your bathrooming and been like, oh, who's going to take care of it? Oh, hey, I got it, me. Oh, you don't worry about it. I'll take <laughs> care of it. You can be a little bit of a smartass with yourself.
0: I like it, and I'm totally going to do that next time. And then
1: you can even you can really go off too. You guys, you never clean. Why do I always have to clean it?
0: <laughs> uh, it's the kind of thing that's not even the first dog mess I've cleaned up today. Let's just right. There was
1: a pooper earlier. I
0: feel like we should just keep of, it uh, rolling. People are sick of hearing us talk about well, our dogs' yeah, yeah. GI all, problems.
1: They know how to fast forward, right?
0: Look, I'll, I feel like ours is a cautionary tale. Our what? Our stories that we share. Oh,
1: always. We're cautionary people.
0: Yes. And if anybody's like on the borderline. I'm a of,
1: cautionary girl living in a material world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Both of those are true. Um if anybody's like, should I get a dog? I've been thinking about Should I get a dog
1: for my kids? You know what? Go for it. Yeah, but you got to answer the question first. Who's, uh, who's the puke dealer?
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, there just has to be some understanding, some established answers to questions about who's going to clean up this puke. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting cleaned up from gross things.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I haven't bathed early last week.
0: You smell great. You haven't bathed? Thank you. I, I have. Oh, I was going to say, you smell I smell great. Wonderful. That's my,
1: my natural pheromones, I guess. Yes. Keep your hands to yourself. Some musky in a good way. Musky.
0: Not musty. <laughs> musky. Um, last week, as the people are listening, mm-hmm. I made brief mention reference to somebody needing a wet shower. Nobody at the teat's table
1: got it when I said of what a Silkwood shower is. Not even it's, you. It's true. I even furrowed my brow again.
0: You're like, like I already forgot what it is.
1: <laughs> I forgot. I did. I have no. I have no recollection of the resolution. I feel like it so overwhelmed me. I must have blacked out. I didn't retain that.
0: I want everyone who's listening and awesome today fam to stop right now. If you know what a Silkwood shower is, please raise your hand.
1: And yell! Don't throw your phone. It's not worth it.
0: Okay, I know that there are people who are listening who know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, this is a is reference.
1: Silk worm on you. No. Okay.
0: Although, wouldn't that be lovely? Don't silkworms pee silk?
1: I think <laughs> they, they poop, poop it, they but poop I'm not it. sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's been a while since I've gotten down there and done any work on a silkworm. Okay.
0: So a silkworm- you know how to
1: tell if the silkworm's a boy or a girl? <laughs> no. You look between its little silkworm legs. Yes, of
0: course. It does it every
1: time. At least that's how it used to be done.
0: Right. Hey, A Silkwood Shower Mm -hmm. is a reference to the 1983 film Silkwood. Okay, okay. Directed by Mike Nichols, starring Meryl Streep.
1: Clint Eastwood.
0: No, no Clint Eastwood. No Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. No, Kurt Russell's in it, though. Okay. And Cher, which I forgot. Cher. You
1: know, share. Yeah,
0: of, I know of Sunny and Share fame. Yeah, of Share fame. Of just being Share. Yes, <laughs> she yes. was also an actress and
1: was in Silkwood. That's a stretch.
0: I'm sorry. Have you ever seen Moonstruck?
1: I've seen several movies she was in, and found all of them to be or
0: mermaids quite
1: unsatisfying.
0: She was in a lot of it seems like one word title movies as, I, as I'm listing these off. I'm Silkwood. Sure there's an Pythagorean mermaids.
1: code in there somewhere.
0: Okay, um, it's based on. The it's based on the actual book called "Who Killed Karen Silkwood," which was then mm. adapted by Nora Ephron into this film Silkwood. Okay. Which again, 1983 film. So. Was she killed in the shower? No, but oh. we're, we're coming back to the Silkwood shower. Just okay. hang with me. Hang with me because it's so surprising to me that you don't know the story of Karen Silkwood because it happened right here in Oklahoma. Karen Silkwood, you're just staring off into space. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to think. Was that in Muskogee?
0: No, it wasn't. But I just
1: made. I just threw out a random Oklahoma town name.
0: It is sort of from the general. Well, I, hmm, maybe I'm over exaggerating to say this. Karen Silkwood worked in a freaking. Plutonium plant owned by Kerr McGee. In Oklahoma. I didn't in even know In Oklahoma. We had well, it get plutonium got its shit shut down because of this things that I'm going to tell you no that happened. No wonder my body's deformed. Mm, it explains a lot about our fair state, doesn't it? Number it does. 49 in education in the country. Why are my hips wider than my shoulders? <laughs> I don't think that's for the plutonium baby.
1: <laughs> so. That was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> tried to ease it in there.
0: Okay, so there was there was a plutonium plant owned by Kermegee out west of Geth. Guthrie, okay. I know exactly uh, where Guthrie is. Near a little town
1: called Crescent, Oklahoma. I know where Crescent is. I played them once in football. Okay. The year after, I think they'd (laughs) been state champions or something.
0: Okay. Okay. So you know the general geography,
1: roughly. Football, Western Oklahoma, or was a big thing. I don't Mm. know if it still is there,
0: but it was. Okay. Another big thing: plutonium poisoning. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That explains
1: all those kids whose hips were so freaking wide.
0: But were they flexible?
1: I, flexible enough to run past most of us on the field. So
0: I learned from you and from your over-decade-long career in coaching college football that hip flexibility is one of the key markers of true athleticism.
1: Yes. Not so much speed, yeah. necessarily, but speed isn't... All the things.
0: Hip flexibility is also has increasing importance as you age. Yeah. And the more hip flexibility you have as you move into this midlife and beyond the the season of life.
1: The more puke you can deal with.
0: (laughs) Evidently so. Yeah. I have working on my hip flexibility on my list of things to get to in the coming year. Well,
1: I'll keep feeding Francie grass and... (laughs)
0: I don't think you have to even see it to her <laughs> goofball. Okay, so Karen Silkwood in 1974, she testified to the Atomic Energy Commission about the lax standards at this mm. Kermakee. Kermake that sounds, that sounds
1: like a bunch of Oklahomans. Right? Okay. To be lax and to rat each other out.
0: <laughs> She's a whistleblower, okay? Yeah, well, kind We of. need whistleblowers on this uh, soil mm. to make sure that the whistles are blown.
1: When I was a boy... My oh, no. dad told me a secret that his dad told him. Hmm. And he said, just as straight-faced as could be, son, I'll tell you a secret if you promise not to go around blowing it. And he told me the whole story about how his dad had told it to him one day, also on a car ride into town, just the two of them. Yeah. And as you can imagine, <laughs> I was really excited and not entirely sure <laughs> Where that I that I couldn't that I could stop myself from blowing this whistle once I knew yes. what the secret was, and he paused for drama, and then he told me that secret. Should I share it, or should I make him, the people not know, or at least make them wait until the end of the episode?
0: Let's, let's circle back at the end of the
1: episode. Okay, that's fair. That was completely unscripted, too. Completely. Now, tell me about this whistleblower.
0: Okay, so that happened in 1974. Well, by November of 74, Karen was performing a routine self-check. She found that her body contained almost 400 times the legal limit for plutonium contamination. Did you know there's a legal limit?
1: I didn't. I'm going to have to curb my plutonium addiction.
0: Yes, there is a legal limit. Mm-hmm. Her body contained 400 times it. Sheesh. She was decontaminated at the plant. This is where the Silkwood shower comes in. They had ah. these scalding hot showers.
1: Now, Oh, the shame shower. <laughs>
0: can a shower actually wash plutonium off of you? I don't
1: know. It depends how it got on you. If yeah. you feel dirty and shameful for something that happened and you need that scalding shower and it involved plutonium, I think yeah. so.
0: Okay. Well, the fine folks at Kermagee figured this would be good for decontaminating their employees it was the 70s after all. Um, was can- it just a
1: regular shower of hot water? No, Nothing no. Nothing special, or were there chemicals and things? I it think- was it plutonium water?
0: Well, evidently... <laughs> Evidently. They were like, oh, if a little is right. something, let's try what happens yep. with a lot. We'll go
1: all the way. We'll cross 360, and it'll be fine.
0: Yes. Um, if you've not seen the 1983 film Silkwood, I can tell you, you can go onto the YouTube and search for just Silkwood Shower, and it will give you the Silkwood Shower scenes, oh. which are very disturbing.
1: Okay. The um, shower, it's shower time itself? Yes. Any nudity? Not in a good way. It's oh. in a
0: terrifying way. Okay,
1: I'll not be watching them.
0: Okay. Uh, Karen Silkwood mm-hmm. went on to, unfortunately, at the age of 28, die in a car accident under extremely sus mm.
1: circumstances. She was on her she way. Got hit by a Kerr McGee truck? Well,
0: that, would have, that would have been very unsus. They would have put those puzzle pieces right you together. Think, yes, think? Yes. No, she was in a car accident on her literal way to meet with two reporters from the New York Times. Mm. She had tons of receipts, all the documentation for all the shady shit that was going down at the plant. She was going to turn it over to the New York Times for this investigation. If only they'd had email back then. If only they had. She dies under, again, very sus circumstances all of her documentation gone from the car, never to be seen mm. again. So that's the story of Karen Silkwood. You can read okay. the book, you can watch the movie if you are interested in an Oklahoma-grown conspiracy. Uh, but yes, the the plant
1: itself it no longer exists. I remember now why I didn't remember. Okay, because I feel like you were you were getting ready. You, I think you you did say it's related to this movie and stuff but then you stopped yourself and was like no we're going to put this on the show. Mm. And so I yeah, I was left uh unsatisfied.
0: You were left with a puzzled expression every time so quick shower came up in right? the past week. You scratched my head
1: like <laughs> I feel like I should take a hot shower.
0: Mhm. Yes, if only that were possible.
1: <laughs> it is possible.
0: We have a water tank that is well, you can't take a long hot shower. Limited in its
1: capacity. But it, you can you can scald yourself. Sometimes I do. Just for fun? Just to check. Make sure I still can. <laughs> make sure the plutonium is gone. Yeah. No, that it's still there.
0: <laughs> um, I have two other things to talk about, but I feel like now I've hogged all of the airtime. You're they my say. favorite hog. Oh, thank you. <laughs> of airtime.
1: Yes. Okay. Of good. course. That's yeah. what I meant.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have anything from the week that you went to bring to the well? The fan. One of the
1: things I would talk about is the thing that you're going to talk about.
0: Okay.
1: I watched the Bear season two.
0: I got the Bear season two on the list. I know.
1: I might sneeze. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Oh, that hurt.
1: Okay, I did it, but yeah. I, d- I didn't blow the mic out.
0: That was that was a very quiet one for you. It was when I let him oh, yeah. rip.
1: I usually have to have nasal surgery. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes, or take a hot hot shower. Okay. Good.
0: Yes. Do you want me to talk about the beer season too?
1: Um.
0: You want me to get us started in it?
1: Yeah. You take take the lead.
0: Okay. I will confess that I was. Highly skeptical
1: mm-hmm. about
0: their being a... They, they're not even calling it season two. They're calling it part two to the bear. Mm-hmm. I loved season one of the bear. Jeremy Allen White playing the role of Carmi Brasado,
1: also known as the bear.
0: The bear. They called each other bear in their family because
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I loved They also, that,
1: everybody called each other cousin.
0: Yeah, a lot of cousin referring... A lot of uncle mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. like, question mark, are they really uncle? Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. Um, I loved that first season so much, and I felt like here is a perfectly contained one season of television. Mm-hmm. It didn't need a part two. It's my, were my thoughts? Were my thoughts going in? I thought this is the perfect season of television. Leave it alone. I'm scandalized. My friend Kate.
1: You have a lot of friends named Kate.
0: I do. Kate's a wonderful name. Evidently, I feel like somewhere in my soul, there's a there's a whole
1: section of my soul that's called Kate. It has a Kate cloud over it. Yes,
0: it I invites
1: like it. other Kates.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Draws other Kates in. What's I have your a lot of name. <laughs> a lot of Kates. Carl? No. It's a lot not of Kates. A lot of Katies.
1: <laughs> yes, and Catherine's. And, I, and
0: Catherine. Um, my friend Kate uh, gently cajoled me. Mm-hmm. into pushing play on part 2 of the bear cuz I wasn't going she to She used profanity? No, no. She was like we started it. It's excellent.
1: You should watch it. Okay. So, and your inner Kate was like,
0: <laughs> "Okay. Namaste, Kate." <laughs> yes. Namakate. Namakate. Yes. Um so I was like, "Okay. So I watched the first 3 episodes by myself."
1: Mm-hmm. You had um Well, I watched like Three frames of the first episode, and then i passed out. Indeed,
0: yes. And you actually, in your generous generosity, with a generous spirit, had said, Hey, I know how you feel about this show. Please don't let my early bedtimes and my unconventional schedule Lack right now. Lack of bowel
1: control. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my unconventional sleeping schedule stop you. Incontinence.
1: That's a better word. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. And yes, I did say that, and you didn't let it stop you.
0: But yeah, I watched the first three episodes, and then I was like, babe. You gotta go shower. <laughs> After you shower, you gotta watch this. It's really
1: good. Yes.
0: How are you glad I invited you into the experience?
1: I am. Okay. I am, and honestly, I enjoyed season one so much that I didn't even have to have a, a Kate or Meg Cloud either one for my inner being to be like, oh yeah, I will watch that. Did you share
0: my skepti- skepticism that no. like there? Okay, you were like, yeah, bring it on, let's do another season, bro. Yeah,
1: to me, to me most of the time, the first season of anything is not the penultimate season. Yeah. It's usually working out some kinks, and on a lot of shows, you can tell they didn't even really bother with wardrobe until about episode five. (laughs) Like, oh, I guess this one's going to go the the distance. And they buy a few items of clothing from Ross Dress for Less or something. Ross Dress for Less, yeah.
0: Um, okay. But yeah, I was
1: fired up. I figured this has got to be, it's got to be as good or better.
0: Okay. So that's a good question. Do you feel, which do you think is better for season one or season two? Of well, the I bear? think
1: it's, I don't think you can view it that way.
0: Oh, okay. Say more about that.
1: I think if you were to watch either one of them independently, they'd be equally great. I... Seeing them together makes them both better to, in some Absolutely. regard to me as well. So well, I think they're a package deal, and maybe that's why they called it Part 2. Mm-hmm. Instead of... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting choked up. I'm so emotional, so emotional
0: about all the I've cried several yeah. times. It's true, you did. I cried that's probably at least once an episode. in
1: uncommon, though.
0: I, I understand what you're saying, and I... I agree that they definitely they they're a package deal. They have to be mm-hmm. experienced together. I do feel like season two or part two is better. Okay, I feel like it's more emotionally resonant.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think maybe you just connected.
0: Yeah, I feel like we get to explore some of the other. Characters, some other storylines beyond Carmi's. I feel like season one, of course, because it's the bear, it's yeah. very focused on Carmi and his grief from his brother who has died. And it's very Carmi focused season two or part two allows the storytelling of some other side characters that I feel like really add to your understanding as you drive towards. Okay. So a little bit of context, the bear tells the story of again, Carmine Barisato, who is this pretty well-known ingenue in mm-hmm. the culinary realm. Yes, um, A chef who rose quickly to fame. Um, very well-known. Comes back to his hometown of Chicago after his brother. We can't remember if he died by suicide or if he had a drug overdose.
1: Something. Was, he's he was, dead.
0: Yeah, he's dead. His older brother, who had taken the family business that his dad had started, called Beef... Mm-hmm. in Chicago, which was like a sandwich shop. It was like a, not just like a Subway. It was like a well-known yeah. neighborhood establishment. Yeah. Um, and his brother had taken that over. He died. So Carmi comes home to take up the family business. Here he is, this classically trained fancy pants chef mm-hmm. comes back to the sandwich shop. That's season one. Yes.
1: A greasy spoon.
0: Yes. Season two, they decide to make it into a fine dining establishment. So that's just kind of giving you the context. Season two is like, are they going to be able to open on time? Yeah. To meet this Money, maniacal problems, timeline they've created things. for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, say more, because I feel like I'm saying a okay. lot. Okay.
1: Um, well, I'm curious. You'd mentioned we did push into more intimate storyline for different characters. Which of those storylines did you enjoy the most?
0: Mm. Wow. Okay. That's a good question. And you don't have an answer. I do. I know who it is.
1: I don't think you're going to be
0: surprised. It's Richie. Yeah. Who they the call cousin. cousin. Yeah. Yeah. I think... He's not actually a cousin. He's not
1: actually a cousin, but he kind of grew up yes. with them. I think his own family was pretty problematic, yep.
0: mm-hmm. and which
1: is saying something, because
0: mm-hmm. Barzotto's
1: family is not smooth running. No, it is not. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much if people are going to watch I it.
0: I know. I feel like I, it's hard to talk about the season without spoiling it. Yeah. I, I think that Richie had the most satisfying character arc like yeah yeah again i don't want to
1: spoil too much I, it was just, pleasing yeah he's a likable ass yes and things things for him intellectually and spiritually played out in a way that was like i can continue to like you you likable ass
0: he was a character of a of great agitation in the first season mm-hmm. and he starts <clears> out that way in the second
1: yeah um, he gave us something to yeah, tolerate that more. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to you say. You
0: begin to understand his motivations, I guess is what they say. Do you need to take a break and go to the kitchen and come I right back? I do. I
1: also have to sneeze again.
0: Oh, my. You've got a lot going on.
1: No wonder if the dog threw up.
0: Be careful. Be safe. I will say that all of the performances in this season of The Bear are... Incredible. The acting is fantastic. But and I think you could say that for season one as well. The writing, the direction. The direction is so good that you don't even notice it until like you're three quarters of the way through an episode and you're like, oh my gosh, this is really, really innovative. There's one episode where Sydney, who had been the sous-chef for in Season 1, but has now been promoted to CDC, which is Chef de Cuisine, uh, for The Bear, which is the restaurant they're opening in Season 2. There's one episode where Sydney is going all throughout Chicago and just eating and making notes in her journal for food inspiration. And the direction of that episode is, I mean, it's kind of interesting. They do some things with like animation of food and plates. It's kind of Helping the viewer understand what's going on in Sydney's mind.
1: As well as, I think, gain an appreciation for just that whole industry.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. If I weren't the feelings-easily-hurt person that I am...
1: I was... Yeah.
0: I, I would have loved... I think I a different path on a different dimension. I would have loved to have been in the restaurant industry.
1: You, you would be restricted to salty soup because your tears would be falling yeah, constantly. That's true, that's true. You don't want to ruin in a, this incarnation a of myself.
0: Yes, it's true. For a hot minute when I was in high school, I wanted to go to the University of North Texas and get a degree in um hotel and restaurant management because I wanted to have a
1: restaurant. Okay.
0: Now, I've never thought about the workings of the kitchen in the way that the Bear invites you to. Right. What I was saying is the performances in season two. Oh, I heard all of what you oh, said. Oh, you did? Yes. Thank you. Um, we need to talk about the episode that's called Fishes.
1: After. Oh. I ask you one more question. Oh, okay. Based on what you experienced with the extended arc of characters, who did you end up liking less than you did in season one?
0: Honestly, Carmi a little bit. Really? I Not in the way like I reject him. But I think we've all had relationship dynamics where you're like, bro. Yeah. I have compassion for him.
1: So it was all just but because I was, of that.
0: I, have, I will say this. I have compassion. He, I understand his plight. And yet he was the one character that I was so frustrated with at every turn okay. throughout the season. So I don't know if I guess, I don't know if it's fair to say I liked him less but he was the most frustrating character to me this season. Whereas in season 1, I feel like you're you're really rooting for him. Season 2, it's like what are you doing?
1: This is interesting to me because I'm not saying I liked what happened to him, yeah, and how he reacted to it and all of that. But I felt like I was able to empathize with him much more really honestly and completely okay seeing this play out um not to get too depressing but i think all of us either have will or will again experience a time in life where we have such a challenging time loving ourselves oh yeah that we sabotage any good thing that might come our way
0: yes i know i know and
1: and i've experienced that yeah and i that's That's kind of how things unfolded for a time. Yes. With him. And I was like, yeah, man.
0: Well, let's ask you. Did you... um, Were there characters that you grew to Mm -hmm. love and appreciate from the season and those that you ended up not liking?
1: The pastry chef. What's his name? Marcus. Marcus. Um, I kind of... I just season one. I wasn't really into it. Yeah. It's like, we don't really know him that much. Yeah. he he Really botched something up. I can't remember what it was. It was like, uh, fire him, Mm -hmm. get rid of him. Um, but then he kind of had a, Oh yeah. An experience and, and things during his development and, and became a, a very meaningfully and, and bought in contributor to things.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Um, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Loved, loved Richie. Yeah. I think I like Sydney less. Okay. This season. Okay. Yeah. She, she seemed to become very needy to me. Okay. Interesting. And unnecessarily. Well, okay. Here's my
0: thing. I I agree with you. I do think she's more needy. And I think that we see that as she's moved into this role of CDC in the kitchen.
1: Mm -hmm. She made a bad call on COVID. What do you mean? It was a dad joke about the CDC.
0: Oh, (laughs) I was so confused. Um, Okay. Sydney, you have to remember, is battling her own demons. Sure. She has never really healed from the... Um, failure of her catering company, and I think that that lack of healing from having this failure in the thing that she wants to do most, which is create great food for people, I think that that manifested itself.
1: She in had her she neatiness. had such an opportunity, and I don't I won't say more than that. In one specific episode, at one specific time, she had such an opportunity, and she locked up.
0: Yeah. Like, okay. I agree.
1: Might as well have fired herself and reapplied for the job the next day.
0: I agree. I think that's a fair assessment. All right. We need to talk about the episode called Fishes. Okay. It takes place five years in the past from How long where we is are this in the episode. Present. It's over an hour. It's the longest one of the it's season. It's
1: crazy long.
0: I mean, I want to say this. Mm-hmm. I'm holding your arm. Yes, you so are. You understand you're the intensity, leaving white marks. Yes. There are some things we experience via media, whether it's a movie, um, an episode of television, maybe a whole series, a book, a song. A song, maybe.
1: Oh, my answer not
0: good enough. No. Or... What I'm trying to say is there are some things that we experience in the moment, maybe even a concert could be applied here, that are like. So,
1: not a song, but a whole concert. <laughs> just
0: track with me. That's why I'm holding your arm, so you'll let me finish. That are so intense Mm -hmm. that you're like, I'm glad I made it through that, but I will never watch that again. I will never listen to that again. I never want to go to that concert venue again. You would
1: never watch that episode again? No. I'm not saying it's like what we're doing tonight, but a few years down the road, I think it'd be...
0: Maybe. Maybe a few years down the road. I'll give you that. So, Fishes takes place five years in the past, and it is at a family Christmas Eve dinner.
1: Which is all the cousins and uncles and yeah.
0: everybody. Some of them barely related to the family. Yeah. Some have married into the family. It is the role of the mom, played by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, as Donna Berzato.
1: That's a good job.
0: Almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, their alcoholic mother, who's preparing this feast
1: of seven fishes. The alcohol, the profanity, the rage. Yeah. The fighting, the love. Supposedly, the. Whew. It was chaotic. It was. There was not a moment during that that my butthole wasn't clenched.
0: Okay. and adding to this dynamic, Bob Odenkirk, mm-hmm. almost unrecognizable. Indeed. Did you know it was him right from the jump? Uh, Yes. It took me like 10 minutes into the episode, and then I'm on IMDb, and I'm like... You
1: punched me when you found it. Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) I'm like... Like that's one of the like two actors whose names I can actually remember. <laughs> okay, that's Here they are. And then I was afraid like, is that really his name? I don't it know.
0: It was it was so jarring to me because in his role as Saul Goodman on both Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul, like he's a likable character. Like he makes some shady decisions, I'm sure. I don't watch those I right. can't watch those shows, they're too intense for me. But you like are cheering for him. He is so
1: He's outwardly hostile.
0: Yes in this in this role of their uncle Lane Lee who again questionable how is he really an uncle like yeah, who knows by relation who i don't knows? know um but the whole evening again this is the longest episode of the of the season is so intense when we were done i was like exhausted mm-hmm. i was physically tormented it explains so much about each of the characters and their like life arc. Not just their story arc, but their whole arc through life.
1: Their damage. Yes. yes
0: it explains so much, but it was emotionally
1: draining to it was experience. Rough. At one point in time, you turned to me and said, our holidays are all <laughs> said, perfectly fine.
0: I said, I will never complain about a holiday <laughs> gathering again ever, ever, ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is so intense.
1: It was a lot. And yeah. I wonder, I wonder, now, definitively, this is a different part of the country. Yeah. So there's, there's different norms and things. Yeah. It's also a, a very proudly Italian family. Mm-hmm. And there could definitively be some influencers there. I'm curious. People from different backgrounds, people that or have intimate friends of very different backgrounds, are we overreacting, or is this? I mean, is this a normal thing, or is it is it aggressive?
0: Yeah, please tell us if you've watched it. Yeah, are we overreacting? I'm curious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In because you've watched a lot of sort of highbrow TV. What's that? Um, like what is it? Call it.
1: Sons for Seven Daughters, or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. There you no, go. Like, um, what's the word? Prestige. Dukes of Hazard.
0: Prestige television. Oh, the
1: popular stuff.
0: Like, not just popular, but like Sopranos. Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the stuff, even Game of Thrones, I suppose you could put okay. that in that category. Okay.
1: I follow loosely.
0: I know I'm putting you on the spot.
1: Yeah, you like to do that.
0: As you think back through your television watching experiences. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Are there other episodes that you can remember? Maybe not by name, but you can remember from different shows that you're like that, that episode where this happened is so intense. I would never want to watch it again. For example, many people would point to speaking of game of Thrones, the red wedding as being like so intense and so heartbreaking and so bloody and so devastating that it's like, okay, I watched it, but I would never watch it again.
1: Yeah, but differently. Um, I felt unique a unique kind of i guess to throw a blanket word a unique kind of upset okay a unique type of tightness Mm. as i watched this compared to others um from game of thrones the the major battle Mm -hmm. uh, against the white walkers that was differently tiring and wildly long and i've rewatched portions of game of thrones i've not suffered that again it was too much yeah um and don't want to really there was no redeeming
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: message there either um there is in breaking bad and i i it probably spans a few episodes it's towards the very end um situationally there's some things that happened to jesse who was okay Walt's co-cook for a while right there's some things that happen with him and then ultimately what is his rescue from a very horrific thing and that i wouldn't want to watch again just because it was so inhumane and so okay. rough to watch so yeah there's there's different things that impact different kinds of uncomfortableness okay but there was, I mean, there was nothing but just reality in this. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wildly fabricated about the storyline exactly. of this show. Exactly. Yes. So it was different in that regard. Exactly.
0: I think that that was part of why it was so disturbing because there's yeah. nothing so fantastical about it that you couldn't put yourself into the seat of anybody at
1: that table. Yes, And even wonder. How many of my friends or acquaintances of the past have endured a, yes. a Christmas or a Thanksgiving exactly like this? Exactly. And I never have. Yeah. And aren't I the butthole for maybe extending less grace than I should have?
0: Wow. Right. Okay. Great insight.
1: Not to beat myself up because, generally speaking, they're the butthole, not me. Okay. <laughs> I just want that to be no, clear. Just clarify. To clarify
0: it. Yes. Um, overall, I just I I'm still thinking about this whole season it was so fantastic i'm so Mm -hmm. glad that i did watch it instead of being overly skeptical that the second season could be so great i'm still thinking about the characters and their stories and it was just so great it was so great Uh, the bear was one of my top favorite tv series from last year Mm -hmm. it is quickly moving up the list in my life as maybe
1: one of my favorite tv series ever i have a fun story
0: Okay, let's hear
1: it. You were part of it. Okay. Earlier today, as we record, we were you and I were in the kitchen, and you would just prepared a little bit of a late breakfast for a couple of the children. <laughs> and we were getting ready. Yes. We were literally getting into the process. We were making a relatively involved yeah. lunch, and we're getting ready to start that. And the youngest spawn, <laughs> who just turned four, comes into the kitchen. He's like, Mom, I told you. And I was like, whoa, 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 there, partner. So you need to calm it down, and you need to speak politely yes. to your mom. And so you you visibly see him kind of compose. And then in a lower voice and more slowly, he says, Mom, I told you I wanted such and such instead of whatever you made. And it was like... Is that a win for him, for us, for both? I don't know. Oh,
0: my know. gosh. But he,
1: that... he did tone it down. <laughs> he toned it down. But he did not change his message. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, I told you to make me a sandwich. Oh, my gosh, yes. He is Gosh. powerful, powerful young man. I, I worry for all of his future relationships. <sighs>
0: me, too. I worried for the world.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, that's, I
0: worried for the planet. Yeah. For humanity as mm-hmm. he comes of age. As
1: he shares a yes. star chart with Donald Trump and all <laughs> kinds of things, right?
0: It's terrifying. All right. I have one more thing I wanted to mention. Okay. Someone in the sort of awesome superstars Facebook group
1: mm-hmm.
0: mentioned that I might check out the podcast series called Scamanda. Okay. This was on the same day my sister...
1: Changed her name to Scamanda?
0: No. (laughs) Thankfully, no. And
1: became a podcaster?
0: No. And I don't think she had seen this post, I'm not sure, but she also texted me, hey, have you listened to Scamanda? It's really good. So I was like, okay, all of the people are telling me, go listen. Because here's the thing. Scamanda is what I like to classify as a... A Kate. No. No no Kate's involved in this okay. story, believe it or not. Um, I like to call them low-crime stories.
1: Mm.
0: Um, it's true crime, but it's Low-crime,
1: like, like I stole $200 worth of staplers from my employer.
0: Okay. Sold that, them on eBay. Except also this story is so much worse than, than stealing staplers. Stealing staplers would be like Sunday school compared oh, to this.
1: How's this low-crime?
0: Well, here's the thing. Back in the 2010 to 2012 range, yes, we were... We, we got a can snorting, you guys hear the Boston? Snorting dog. The Boston Terrier, she's... Uh, she's scratching she's her back. A little back scratchy. I thought somebody was puking again. 2010-2012 um, range, a woman named Amanda C. Riley. Norma Gina Riley? Mm-hmm. Gonna Marry Me? Yep. That's a good old country song lyric. She... Launched a public facing story telling of her cancer diagnosis with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. She's a pretty serious cancer.
1: Glad I made a joke right before that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'm like a real ass
0: now. <laughs> and continues to blog about her experiences as a cancer patient and okay. a mom of young children. Um, It's, you know, like the encourager of people and like, here's resources and let's, you know, let's fight this. And she would have this, you know, really heartbreaking diagnosis and bad, um, like really, what's the word? Prognosis. Like the prognosis Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. not good. If you don't get this treatment or that, you're going to die. But then remission and she beat it. And this like cycle kept going on and on. Well, you can tell by the name of the podcast series, Scamanda, Mm -hmm. that this was all a ruse, she, as they say. It was was all she into. getting
1: them GoFundMe dollars and yes. stuff? Okay.
0: The fundraising dollars from the moment she first mentioned having cancer until she was ultimately brought up on charges by the IRS for wire fraud. It tells the story of everything that happened in between. She took on the role of being a witness for Christ big, a Christian speaker in her Mm -hmm. mega church in, I believe say it's like San Diego, maybe area, or San Jose. San Jose and San Diego are two different places in California. Mm
1: -hmm. San Jose. But they share the San.
0: Yes, exactly. They share the sainthood part. Um, And so she would not only be getting all of these, like, donations to cover this and that, and like, people gave... Anywhere from hun- hundreds to literally thousands of dollars to her through the years. Yeah. Um,
1: she and. Wasn't even a. Never mind.
0: She got a lot of attention. She eventually, like, would get to go to New York City to get quote unquote um, trial drug treatments. But while she was there, she'd also go see Broadway shows and. Well, might as well. Bucket list things. it and all, right? Bucket list, exactly. So. Anyway, this really was a really well done podcast series. I haven't listened to a, a self contained series in a long time. Um, this was really well done. And so, if you like that sort of like low crime genre where somebody is doing something that's against the law but nobody gets murdered kind of situation, okay. I highly recommend it's not Scamanda. Low crime.
1: It's not low crime. What do you call low crime? Let's talk. Let's have a little
0: bonus, bonus
1: section of the the episode this week and let's break down okay. perspectives on crime. Okay. There are the types of crimes that are restricted to one or a small number of people. And those are very those are very blunt and they feel very heinous. Mm-hmm. And so they get prosecuted and when convicted it's usually a pretty severe Judgment, okay, right? Mm-hmm. When sentencing and all that, yeah. You, you'd see this in violent crime. You see this with drug-related things because it's usually, again, it's it's something where it's very easy to put a face to the victim and mm-hmm. for the victim to be made human and and all these things. Um, now we'd look at what's referenced as white-collar crime, and it's usually, usually. One, just not a singular victim. Right. It's a lot of people, mm-hmm. which makes it really hard to necessarily identify unless you're part of that, depending kind of on exactly how it was done. Because it could be a really, it could be a, a something that was done that you would have fallen victim to. So you could stand and be like, yeah, get them. And that's kind of the general feeling. And sentencing can be harsh for that. Okay. You look really bored.
0: No, I'm not bored. All right. Would you say that most white collar crime is financial in nature? Is that the
1: differentiating factor that makes it a white collar crime? It's a large portion of it. It's a large okay. portion of it. I think there's though <clears throat> I think that there's then a delineator in that how people respond to it, how people feel about it, has to do mm-hmm. with who who was taken advantage of. Yeah. Did you take advantage of somebody's greed? Mm. Did you take advantage of someone's fear, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: someone's stupidity, or of their good nature? Right. And this is an instance where she took advantage of a bunch of people's good nature. Absolutely. And to me, that's like one of the most unforgivable. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how all this plays out, if she's been tried, sentenced, anything else. But to me, that person should have a really harsh... Okay. End game in line for them. Well, I'll tell
0: you off, mic how it turned out because I don't want to spoil it for okay. anybody who might go push play on it. Does it make
1: sense? The yeah, How I, I, I kind of view that. Yeah. Um Mike edit. In an in an instance, what
0: I said, I get it.
1: Oh, I thought you said Mike edit, and I was like, Mike. What, what did I do? Mike edit that. Who's like Mike? Ape? <laughs> and where? Yeah, who's Mike? Mike, we ain't even paying you. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> get out of. <laughs> Meg's office, which is my bedroom. <laughs> That's how you get pink eye. <laughs> Letting strangers name Mike into your bedroom. Jeez. Um, can you think of an offense, a crime, a thing that bothered you? I put you on the spot. Yeah. Does any anything come to mind? Any scandal out there that comes to mind?
0: I mean, are we talking in the world of sort of white-collar, non murder crimes? Just world that we live in. It I could mean, be like any, any crime. Murder murder crimes, all of them bother me for what sure. What about
1: what about a crime that affects a lot of people?
0: Yeah, of course. Like, I'm thinking of the collapse of financial things. For example, when Enron... Was that a crime?
1: What happened to Enron? It was definitely some white-collar people, stuff. It was Piracy! Piracy!
0: People lost their counted upon. Um, what's that word called? Greed. No, no, no. The yeah. people who had who were employees of Enron, and it was like the thing yeah. that pays in the retirement
1: Um pension.
0: Pension. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, welcome to the rest of America, <laughs> you selfish pension grubbing no. sons of guns. No. Just kidding.
0: Um. But yeah,
1: the, certainly. People, I mean, one perspective on that is that people, quote-unquote, greedily made the decision with a lot of their retirement monies to throw it into company stock. You didn't, they didn't have to do that. Okay, It was going up, and they had big dollar signs in their eyes, and that's not an excuse for what happened, but it does change the flavor of how somebody might feel okay. towards that.
0: All right. Well, what are you thinking of?
1: Well, I, I wasn't necessarily okay. thinking of one thing specifically. I was curious if there was something that had that you found truly bothersome. Yeah. That you could identify that we could break down and look at and say okay, it was against a group of people. What were they taking advantage of and then right. what was how did the outcome play out?
0: Yeah. And I see what you're saying in the sense that like I don't 100% agree with you that the people who lost their money in the
1: Enron crumbling
0: right had made those decisions out of greed i
1: mean this is this is after all this is the plot of robin hood okay in that you have somebody that's committed repetitive crime of theft yeah but nobody's really pissed off about it
0: okay i see what you're saying because
1: he's hurting bad people and helping good people right 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 yes
0: yeah and that does i suppose impact how we view, like, mm-hmm. even if we consider something to be a crime
1: or not. Yes, there is there is an underlying morality within even yeah. how anybody would view the legal code. Right. That has nothing to do necessarily with selfishness, either. Yeah. That's wild to think about, isn't it?
0: Isn't it just...
1: So, should you speed... If I mean, you speed I and you're in a single car accident versus a multi-car accident, but there was a family in one of the vans that hit you. I don't know. I was just rambling there. Okay. Um, that part's really not that important, obviously. I do speed regularly. You do speed a lot. Your foot is heavy. hmm Piggish, even. What? To refer to... Hoggish. That's what you said earlier, right? Hog is how Hog. you referred to yourself? yes. Um, that's all I was referencing. Okay. I, I think you have delightfully beautiful feats, <laughs> as is proven by your OnlyFans. Yes, Success of course. At this rate. There we go. That was weird. Um, what else? What else happened this week? We, um, we tried a weird thing for lunch.
0: I mean, I thought it turned out delicious, and so did the cheater. They liked
1: it. It was a It was a cheap version of an old thing that's been repeated for all yeah. of history. We, we got some just Pills, pillsbury grand's biscuits in yes. a can yeah one of those that explodes when you open it mm-hmm. and it scared uh scared
0: you a little didn't uh, it yeah, both times <laughs> i <was> like
1: <laughs> i like to make old man noises when i get scared yes um yeah we mashed those out we'd cooked up some italian sausage we got some some fresh uh mozzarella mozzarella put that in there a little bit of marinara Sealed it shut, baked them, fried them, all kinds of stuff, and
0: it was good. It
1: wasn't calzone by any stretch, it but, like uh, it, it, but it was like calzone inspired. But in the same sense, it was a hot pocket, or it was pierogi, or any number of copycat versions of things. Right? It was delicious. It had been better with a, a better dough.
0: Yeah, we'll try them again. Different dough.
1: It was. It was interesting. It was doing, relatively doing easy.
0: Yeah, it was. You didn't like the assembly part. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a little tedious. Yeah. If it'd been like one big one that we cut into quarters and passed around, or something, Ooh. or even just like three big ones and we cut halves, I don't know. There were there were a lot of them and they were small, and it was like
0: oh, you regretted. That's another
1: noise I make. Uh. Um,
0: another thing that happened this week: Daisy got her housing assignment at Florida State. Yeah. Um, are we making plans? Yeah, it was not the dorm she was hoping for but she is determined to to have a great time anyway yeah that's good that's good so that's makes it even more real Mm -hmm. she's really going to florida really going so try to think if there's any other notable things i I guess as people are listening we're in the midst of a sort of weird four-day holiday weekend this is
1: true weird national pride
0: and nico is out of school Cool. When Nico has a four-day weekend, I'm always like, "It sucks." Everybody gird your loins and yes. hide all your valuables.
1: Hide your valuables, and you better make the right breakfast dish. Yeah, what or, he asked for,
0: or else he'll tell you. Yes, I told you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. I, he's I've... not a
1: benevolent dictator.
0: No, he's not. He's a very bossy dictator. Yes.
1: Well, I can't think of anything else. I have, I do have one other thing. Okay. So you'd mentioned and not everybody's into uh, conversations about astrological things, but it's interesting. It's it interesting is. stuff. Now you'd mentioned is it Venus retrograde? Venus retrograde happens later
0: this month. Later yes. this month. One thing,
1: thing that's happening, happening right
0: today, as we record on July second, is that Venus is square with. Uranus.
1: Okay, Uranus. <laughs> yes. And Love it's, and your butt. That's a weird mix to square off.
0: And we have the full moon tomorrow night. Full moon in Cancer. So the but one thing I was I was listening to some astrologers talk about is when Venus squares Uranus. This particular combo or Uranus. Uh, it's it makes a lot of agitated energy. Mm-hmm. For people to experience and I'm I'm doing better yesterday it's almost like since I knew that I'm like okay I understand what's happening but yesterday I just I woke up literally for no reason just mad yeah and that explains a lot very little patience That and explains a lot more yes I just there was no particular reason why there's nothing in my uh, cycle to indicate I should be in that frame of mind but I was just mad and when I heard that I was
1: like okay Okay, that makes sense. Well, two things. Okay, two things. One, for anybody unversed or not versed beyond like just commonplace thinking with things, the the premise behind astrology. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah, your okay. dog is
0: sitting here shivering and looking at me like she. Oh, she needs to
1: go outside. To be okay, um, the the general premise is, I think, in a very respectable thought format, is that. All, all stars that exist within our what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Uh, galaxy? Space. No, no, no. Universe? Not our not our whole galaxy. Not yeah. definitely not the whole universe. The stars that are that are directly impactful to us. Yeah. would of course be our sun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then along what would look like from an Earth perspective, the sun's elliptical path, if it evolved around us. But in fact, just yeah. as, as the sun's uh, longitude, latitude perspective applies to us, well, through that band, those are the 12 constellations that run through there. Any other star is not necessarily impactful to us, but those are the stars that, that potentially are. That every one of them puts off energy. Yes. And that, dependent upon where they are and which of the planets Mm -hmm. in our solar system are in the way, if you will, Mm -hmm. they might either block or absorb influence and push forward the energy from that star, which would create different... Feelings, different predilections in people based Mm -hmm. on which energy mix was reaching us at a specific time. And I find that fascinating and interesting and all of that, that some of this would be applicable to everyone, that some influence will be unique
0: to Mm -hmm. exactly
1: what the sky was when you were born, your natal chart, Mm -hmm that some of this would be applicable to each country in a unique way, kind of dependent upon that country's natal chart. That's mundane Mm -hmm. astrology, I believe, is what they call that. Um, It's interesting. And so you'd mentioned to me, we've got Venus squaring up with Uranus over here, which means 90 degrees, right? Yeah. From... I'm guessing this is a earth-centered, a geocentric view.
0: I guess so, yeah.
1: Because it would impact right. us from our view. Right. But that's the angle between the two is 90 degrees, as they would appear to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you'd mentioned this kind of weirdness of, of people. Well, it was really fascinating today. I, was, I didn't know this when I'd left yeah. earlier today to go pick up some groceries to cook lunch. I got out onto the major road outside of our neighborhood which is a 40 mile an hour speed limit and cars varied but and i'm not even exaggerating i was looking at my speedometer it felt crazy cars were varying between 16 and 22 miles an hour
0: that's wild.
1: There were three lanes, but everybody that was in this weird funk, which seemed like everyone except me, it was like they were slow motion molasses people.
0: Yeah, it was a slow race.
1: Nobody was jockeying to get around. They just kind of seesawed all taking turns at 16 to 22. And I'm finally, I'm like, I was questioning all kinds of things. Like, is this... Is this the divine protecting me from getting into a car accident up the road, slowing me down so I'm not there for it? I don't know, and I'm not too concerned about all that. But I am wanting to get to the store. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut across through a residential and get over to another major north-south to get to the store I'm going to. I get turned over there, and immediately there's somebody in front of me going 22 miles an hour. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I finally, they turn last minute, get off the road. I get up to the next intersection for the major north-south, and I turn onto it, and that car is going back and forth between 16 and 22. And I'm noticing these numbers because it's like, this is repeating, this is weird, this is fascinating. And I never got to go faster than 22 miles an hour before I got to the store. Then when I got to the store... People in there looked like they were moving, walking in honey. They were just slow and in the way. And That's wild. I, I kind of scuttle around. I get the things that I need. I, I head back for the last thing I need, which is from the, the meat market, and there's nobody there. And I bring the old meat market bell, just like you'd see on the shows yeah. from whenever, and nothing, nothing. Somebody from another section of the store comes over is like, hey, hey I, I'll help you out. And he... Can't find what it is I'm asking for. And then he gets on the PA system. I was there for a solid six or seven minutes. Right. Just standing by myself looking dumb. That's, I mean, I look dumb generally. But when you're dumb and by yourself, it always feels a little bit more invasive. Yeah,
0: it's a little more conspicuous. Mm -hmm.
1: It was Mm -hmm. just really bizarre. Then I go to get in line to check out. And I did even, I actually even timed that one. Yeah, because it was like, oh, I could tell this is going to be a thing, and it was it was six minutes.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Uh, yeah. So, are you saying that you think that the energies from this squaring of these two planets that are just their particular energy squaring with each other can put out a little itchy, agitated energy? Did you like what? How did I never it felt work agitated? Together? Okay,
1: I yeah. honestly yeah. felt like. I felt like an alien. I felt like I was visiting a place Mm. that looked like a place I knew that was nothing like a place I knew. Maybe
0: you accidentally slipped into a different dimension. Well, from
1: a weird numerological perspective, I'd like to point out that everybody moving between 16 and 22 Mm -hmm. miles an hour is a six mile an hour difference Ooh. and that my weight in the line finally before I got to leave the store was at six minutes. And I'm pretty sure just by feel, it was pretty dang close to six minutes at the meat counter okay, That's too. And that's wild to think about. So I don't know. And I'm not trying to forecast the future or no. claim anything. It was just a very surreal experience.
0: All right. My goodness. Interesting, what you can take note of when you are noticing things.
1: Yes, and not uh, maybe "quote unquote" a victim to them. I don't yes. know. I don't know. It was it was a odd thing to experience.
0: Hmm. All right. Do you have anything else?
1: Um. No, I feel like I just ruined the show with all no! Of that. No. Sorry, you can edit it out.
0: People are contemplating. I'm going to this. go
1: weep and take a silky shower
0: silk wood with
1: some wood not my wood someone no not somebody else's either that's weird
0: do you remember that you said at the end of the episode you were going to tell oh yeah yeah
1: so silk. my dad yeah very very dramatically the secret that he'll tell me as long as i don't go around blowing it yeah he tells me there's a whistle in a pig's butt and then he dies Hysterically laughing yeah. for the next six minutes. <laughs> that is a joke I've told, not to all of our children yet, but each one of them when it was time and in the right setting. I've I've passed that family tradition forward. Yep. And they all hate it just as much as I did in the moment I heard it, and I'm sure as my dad did in the moment that he first Absolutely. heard it. Yes. But what a fantastic joke indeed
0: indeed feel free
1: to use that with your own children claim it as your own okay. it's fine it's yeah. fine
0: it's your legacy that you're leaving behind on this planet yep okay what should the people do in the meantime
1: well first of all don't go around blowing it <laughs> that's for sure all of my desire to all of my quandary as to whether i could or couldn't keep the secret by not blowing it no. I have never blown that whistle once. That's for sure. I've eaten hot dogs. That's about as close as I've come. Indeed. Um, but hey, it is Fourth of July week. Okay. That's for sure. But every other day should be uh, what well, you have an experience as an awesome today. Would you? Thank you. bye.